This is Gracemont, episode 21. I am the esteemed Apostle John Luke. And I am the esteemed, and the one and the only, the original, Apostle Duke. What would we be without Apostle Duke? Okay, it's time for the song. Hit it. Gracemont. 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 Sweet. Okay, you totally nailed it. I nailed right. that one. That was good. You did? All right. <laughs> Apostle Duke, speak to us of oh. your subjects and questions for this week. Tonight, my questions are... Did we miss part of the point of the story of David and Bathsheba? Okay. Um, the second one is, can the popularity of Christianity be traced back to the fact that the Bible is so malleable? All right. And I'll explain that later. And why was torture considered to be an acceptable way to dis discipline people? And I have a amazing amazing revelation on that i uh, can't can't wait to hear it okay yep, so mine are more subjects than questions and they're all tied together this is being a scientist like i consider myself to be it's a discussion of anecdotal evidence versus scientific evidence okay then i propose that paul was a great influencer come sort of like today's influencer, but he was one of the originals. And oh, third, yeah. that's the third one will be kind of a surprise later. Okay. Oh, it's going to be a surprise. Oh, it's yeah, a surprise. Okay. All right. Surprises. All right. Okay. Hit it. Okay. So, you know, I was thinking like I do. I was telling uh, uh, John Luke for our audience uh, is that, I, you know, he has life and an and wife and kids and stuff. And, and so I have a lot of time. I don't, I'm not married. I have kids. So I have a lot of time to like navel gaze and just think about things. So I thought about this, David and Bathsheba, we all know the story, right? That he got with Bathsheba and that it was, uh, uh, you know, adultery. And then Uriah the Hittite, he brought back and tried to fix it. Didn't get fixed. So he kills the guy. Uh, has the guy killed. And so we all, we, I, I wonder if we look through it through the lens of today and say, what, what is the lesson? And the lesson is, you know, don't go out there and commit adultery and, and chase other men's wives and don't commit murder because you know how mixed up it gets. And that's, and it's a great story. But I wonder if we looked at it through the lens of, that day, or even a few hundred years after the story was written, if the moral of the story was, would be, even though it's right and okay to do, you should think twice. And what I mean by that, people, I wonder if people back in that day said, he's the king. And he, and he took this woman as, as, He's the king. And he, he brought Uriah back and he tried to make it better, but then he sent him out and he said he told his armies to pull back except Uriah and he was out there by himself and was killed. That's his priority. 
I mean, he's the, he's the king. He he has every right known in that situation to make those kinds of decisions, and and of course the way the moral the lesson translates to us today is I think okay in my job there's somebody that I don't like and they put in for a position and they're qualified for the position but I have the right to just say no and and I can I can justify myself but even though I have the right and I have the power and the authority to do that is there should I think about something beyond the fact that I have the right to do that just because I have the right to do it doesn't mean it's okay. And I wonder if that might resonate with anyone else. I'm done. It might, but not me. Not you. No, I, 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 think, I think it's pretty simple and straightforward. The guy had all the power in the world. He could do whatever he wanted. And kings, kings did just what David did all the time, back right. then and since. Yeah. Uh, they usually didn't bother having the guy killed, though, because they just like, hey, I'm the king. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Tough cookies for you, buddy. Right. I screwed your wife. I may do it again. Yeah. Well, that's the way kings have always behaved. And I think they just made a big deal about it in the Bible as to teach all the common people you really shouldn't commit adultery. Yeah. I think, and because the consequences can be horrible, which they were for David. Yeah. But only because he got to feel guilty about it. You know. Well, someone one of the uh one of the prophets confronted him and told him a story about one guy had a sheep and the other guy didn't have a sheep and anyway, it was in that story that David saw that, oh my gosh, I I did something really wrong. If David had just gone out and visited the sheep instead of stealing yeah. Bathsheba it probably would have been it, okay. It would have been, yeah. Well, gosh, that I don't know. That might be even another biblical story. <laughs> it might have been. It might have happened, and we didn't hear about it. It could have been, yeah. That's it, the, it got eliminated it got by cut. the Council of Nicaea. <laughs> it, it, it didn't make the yeah, Well, let's yeah, let's no. <laughs> yeah. We're not putting that in. Yeah. So okay, so we disagree on that. That's okay. That's there, there's about three or four, I think. Well, what point. is? Do you have more points about that, or are you ready to go I'm on done. to about That's the Bible it. being malleable? Okay, so I was thinking, you know, Christianity has been so ubiquitous in the United States and around the world, and I wonder, is part of that because the Bible, you can read the Bible and make it say just about anything you want it to say. I mean, you can make it say, I can have more than one wife. I only have to have one wife. Um, you know, you think about every denomination who uses the Bible to say kind of what they want it to say. And I wonder, I was wondering, is that one reason maybe the Bible has lasted so long? Because you can pretty much find anything you want in the Bible to justify a lot of different things. It's, it's just sometimes it's just not very direct, you know. And even some of the laws that they give, we don't obey. Like like women aren't supposed to speak in church. You know, they should have no authority over men. That is a New Testament 
teaching and but nobody <laughs> in America anyway. Well, maybe there are some, maybe there's some, but they're few and far between. But, but on the other hand, when you have the ones that are a little foggy, I mean, you can take those and twist them. That's what you do when you're a pastor, right? You take yep. one verse and then you just make it say whatever you want it to say. <laughs> and it's wonderful. Exegesis, I think, is what they call that, where you take a truth out of like some scripture and say, oh, I see there's a truth in there. And I pulled that out and I told my congregation. You would think, are you accusing pastors of taking things out of context? And saying, we need to do the building project. Yeah. And you need <laughs> to give right here in this, see these four scriptures. I pulled that out. And, yeah. and you're disobeying God if you're not on board. And so. Yeah, I think I agree with you 100% on this one. Yes. Okay, good. But Yay. Not, I'm one for one. I don't one know that two. the Bible was intended to be that malleable, yeah. but people have sure made it that way. Yes, yeah. To, They've molded it to their own uh, purposes. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Yeah. And the the Quran the same way. I'm certain because oh, I'm sure so many so many wars have been fought. Oh gosh, yeah. With just... the, using the excuses of what was said in the Bible or the Quran. Oh, I know. Yep, yep. And uh, look, yeah. Okay, so good. We uh, one one out of two. Okay. So here, so here's my last. Here's my Number last three. one. And this is a toss-up. I don't know if you'll agree with this or not, but I think, I think you'll think it's a pretty. Okay, you know we. So John, Luke, and I were tooling around Florence, Italy. It was a Florence Arezzo. Anyway, it was Siena. Yep, that's what I was going to say next. <laughs> <laughs> and we came upon a torture museum, and I have yet to. I, I've yet to be able to, like, find a place in my psyche where that goes and I feel okay about it. It's just, it bothered me so much. It's kind of, I don't know. I Anyway, so I, I find myself revisiting, God, how did that kind of stuff happen? Then... Now, this is probably the third time we've mentioned it here on this podcast, so I can tell it did make an Im impact on you. Oh, it, it, it haunted me. It haunted yeah. me. And it still does, and, and I could go on and on. But anyway, uh, so I thought, where did they, the, one, of the, one of the things I found so astonishing was just the breadth of ways they learned how to make, put people in pain. So think about this. So here's, here's the answer. They learned it from the Old Testament. What, what it, what's not more godly than to torture, maim, and kill your followers because they get out of line. We we have we have thirty nine books in the Old Testament where that was done. If they look at another woman, look at another god, get off track, get their mix some of these religions together or something. God. I mean, we read about it, right? I mean, we're in the same Sunday school class, and we hear, we went through a whole long series of all the horrible things. Uh, they went into exile to Babylon. What was it? The Syrians overtook them and killed them and killed their babies and burned this and all that. All these horrible things, and it was and it was it was from God. God did that to them. It, I mean, yeah, the circumstances happened, but it was judgment on his followers to discipline them in some of those horrible ways 
And then I think, you know, and then I see that museum and I think, how do those people come up with that kind of stuff? What makes somebody think that's, unless, unless, may possibly, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord, we're going to dunk you under that water until you almost drown and see if you repent. I don't know. What do you, is that crazy or? Uh, I think that's, that relates to your previous question or subject about the malleability of the Bible. Oh. And it, I believe it all had to do with most things in, like in human history, money, power, control. Yeah. So the, the church achieved a great amount of wealth, power, and control. Yeah. And they didn't want to give that up. So yeah. anyone who challenged that, oh, they were going against God, and that they so clearly they needed to be tortured. So anyone that spoke <laughs> yeah. out against them got tortured. So that cut way back on people cut speaking out against them. Oh yeah. So I think it was a very practical matter for for the church and for kings, queens, etc. Anyone who resisted got tortured or killed. Right. And that just cut way way back on uh, yeah people misbehaving. Right. I think it's just a pragmatic approach, and they used all kinds of excuses for doing yeah. it. But uh, the main reason was they were seeking a result, which sure. is obedience. Yeah. Well, obedience and, like, intimidation, too, right? Because you see, man, do you see what they did to that guy? Yeah. Man, I don't know if anything. And I guess in some respects it still happens today because— you think about Russia, at least if we're hearing what we're hearing is true. Sometimes I don't know how true it is, but supposedly over there, if you criticize the war against Ukraine, there's the government, there's some government backlash on people who's doing that, and they don't want them to, you know, have those opinions. And so they're taking action. And so it still happens today, I guess, in a lot of ways. Absolutely. It happens all over the world. Right. It happens here, but just by different means. But it happens worse in countries that are that have less freedom than we do. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so those are my three brilliant um, navel-gazing observations I wanted to share with our audience today. They were, they were very good. I can to, tell you've done a lot of contemplation. Yes, a lot. Too much. Too much. So, okay. you ready for mine? I am ready. Okay, mine are all related to being a scientist. Scientist, though, as a and as a physician, we're supposed to function by scientific principles. Yes, not by anecdotal evidence. Right. Now, the difference is scientific principles are done. You know, you do experiments. Right. And they're they're controlled trials. One side is active thing the other side's placebo or whatever yeah you do it and you see what the results are and then people around the world repeat the same experiments or similar or alter them slightly to make them more refined yeah and you get say you get five groups that do the same experiment come out with the same results well, then it's probably true yeah uh, see if you just have one group that does it and the drug company paid for the Okay. For the study, then that's that's tainted by money, unless 
it's proven by four other groups around the world that are in no way related to that drug company. Yeah, that the results are the same. That's that's how science works. It's you you do experiments and then you repeat them. Right. By different different people do them, and eventually you come out with scientific principles that are assumed and believed to be the truth. Now, some of them later get proven to be wrong for right. some reason or other. Yeah. Whereas anecdotal evidence is what scientists call like word of mouth or he said, she said kind of stuff. Yeah. Or, or you know, Aunt Betty took this cyanide yeah. pill right. and she got, it cured her cancer. Yeah. You know, oh, with I... most, you know, that's anecdotal evidence. And that's, that's like how the, uh, the whole internet and all the influencers function is anecdotal evidence. I see that a lot on, I think, the news when they will go to some town and say, tell us what you think about politician so-and-so. And they'll have a couple of people say, oh, I think he's really good or I think he's really bad. I, and I always think that's like one person or three out of like 300 million. Right. I mean, you just can't. But they, but then they'll say, mm, we found a lot of this out here, Bob, you know, and uh, it's like kind of like, oh, wow, maybe that's that's how I'm supposed to think or, you know, I don't know. Yes. But yeah, I see that a lot. And of course, you're speaking my language because I am working on my dissertation and I'm going through all that now, all the, all the research and all the studies. And, and then we also have, you have, you have qualitative, quantitative, uh, quantitative is where then you use statistical mathematics and say, okay, we had 35 people and, you know, so then you have your median and your medium and then your, and then you, then, then, then you can do, then you can use some mathematical equations to say how transferable is this to the general population. And, but, but I've also read too, that they say, I read an article one time and it was one of my classes that said a lot of these studies like, uh, milk has been proven good for your bones and da 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 and then they find out, you know, the milk company did the did the research and Sure. Or or, or they okay, so here was one thing to your point. I, I'm getting down a hole. So they said they did they did this thing on statistical analysis and said that uh that the the murder rates rose and fell with a cell of ice cream. And so they were, you know, they were saying, you know, cause and effect, you know, it, is there any relationship, you know, could, and what they found out was that in the summer, people bought more ice cream. Well, homicides went up in the summer because everybody's hanging out on the street, but there's no, so there's a lot no of correlation thing. between there's no them, correlation, right. Yeah. right, between the two, even right. though, even though, so anyway, okay, so well, now I want to go back to this. Wait, I, I wasn't done. I was going to say. On your, you got uh, on your roll before, anyway. Uh, okay, I was, okay. Okay, so uh, anecdotal evidence works on a small scale. Okay. Like if I tell you, like you're going to build a house, I say, I got a guy who's a builder. Uh He always shows up on time. All his subcontractors did their job. If they didn't, he was on them all the time. Yeah. It cost exactly what he said it would cost. Uh He didn't didn't come up with any extra things to charge me for. If there was something extra I added, he he would... Calculate it up and show it to me before we agreed on doing it. So you should use him. That's yeah. anecdotal evidence. And I tell you that, and you're going to, you trust me as a human being. You know right. I've never lied to you. Yeah. You're going to say, okay, well, I can, I'll use your builder. 
Yeah. Now, that works on a small scale, but it's kind of like communism. You know, I worked in a small anesthesia group where there were five doctors. Yeah. They were all pretty good hard workers. There were one or two that weren't as hard workers. But the group grew to like eight doctors, and by that time, we all shared the money. Yeah. We called it a communist group. Oh, okay. Okay. We didn't we didn't get paid for each procedure we did. So we shared the money. The bigger our group got, the more we'd be like, you know, I'd be working hard and I'd look around and go, Hey, have you anybody seen Bill lately? Oh yeah. Like, oh, Bill. I think Bill might be up in the call room with a nurse. Oh um, no. You know, I'm I'm just making that up. No. Yeah. That, that actually never happened, but it it makes a good story in novels. Right. It'd be yeah. more like Bill was up in the call room talking to another school board member about something at the school because he was on the board. And so he'd yeah. be up there two hours and not doing any work but still getting paid. Right. You know, that's that's how communism then, you know, the bigger you get, you know, in a small group you can pick the people. Like in a mm-hmm. commune, you can pick the yeah. people who are members and they all have to be of like mind and yeah. have similar work ethics. But if you take a whole big population and try to make them communists, it it ends up with a whole a few people doing the work and a lot of people not doing the work. Yeah. Another example was when I was in med school at the VA, the you couldn't get fired at the VA because it's a government institution. Okay. So yeah. there would be this big ward with forty veterans on it. There would be six nurses. Two of them would be running around trying to do all the work because they really cared about these old guys. Yeah. Other four, this was back in the day, they'd be in the nurses' lounge smoking, telling stories, you know. Oh yeah. And would occasionally get up and go check on a patient, but it wasn't it was not their priority. Right. Anyway, that's the the similarity is anecdotal evidence works on a small scale, but the bigger the scale, the oh. less it works. Oh, I and see. My thoughts are that the the Bible and any religion are based solely on anecdotal evidence. There is absolutely no science anywhere in it. So you're having to believe the stories told by other people. Yeah. So that's do you have comments on that before I get on to my next? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, you, you were saying that a lot of this is based on the, the, the stories and stuff are based on anecdotal evidence. I mean, it, it happened once, so it doesn't mean it happens like that to everybody just because some character in the Bible had this happen to him. I think maybe that's what you're saying. But anyway, I heard a guy comment when he talked about when people go into religion, he said, one of the ways it kind of works is you go into your church, you sit down, and you say, okay, do you believe that Jesus Christ came to earth, was son of God, you know, and he died on a cross and rose again, and if you believe in him, you'll go to heaven and you won't go to hell, and you say, yes, I agree to that. He says, you're basically just like agreeing to check your brain at the parking lot and I mean from there after after you're there right it's like okay I've I have to suspend all common sense at this point there's no proof in any of this and so the next step is just you just keep going with it I mean and then they get more and more and more and more into it and say how did I how did I wind up believing all that stuff you know so anyway I think that relates to what you say a little bit. They use, Absolutely. 
the way the way they present they market right right their their religion and um yeah i i i yeah that i do agree on that sometimes i try to, to <laughs> poke holes in it or something but that is like yeah i agree with that well i've never thought of it that way you know being a, i've always thought you know science and religion can don't have to disagree with each other and yeah it's very true that anecdotal information and scientific information can say the same thing they just happen to if they just happen to agree so but would you i don't okay. think that the religions are in any way scientific would i what so, okay so first of all can you give me an example of anecdotal evidence yeah in the bible that you then think religions are applying that to the to the larger overall i mean i have an idea but i wondered if you had it well i'm saying you can read every letter letter that paul wrote and he's saying this is the deal this is how it is okay and, and this is this is what happened yeah you know and and you just have to believe it he doesn't offer real proof of any of it he says this is what happened right this is what you should do about it yeah so there's one writing and unless you have a lot of corrob corroboration from other writings all agreeing to that then basically it's just his anecdotal uh record and and they built a whole religion on it Correct. Okay. So that brings me to Paul. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And I think what Paul was was an influencer. Like the people we have today on social media, Paul was an influencer. He didn't have TikTok, so he used letters. Right. He wrote letters to all the churches, and those letters got copied, and many people read them, and now millions and you know, billions of people have read Paul's oh, letters. Changed the whole world, man. He did. Seriously. He was maybe not the first influencer, but the first of his kind. Yeah. He influenced more people than anyone else. I think Muhammad picked up on it later. Yeah. But it was really Paul that was the super influencer of his time. I mean, nowadays he'd be making billions. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, not only be, did he he'd be advertising soap and stuff. I mean, he he'd be rocking it. He'd be he'd be oh he'd be wearing a Rolex. He'd be on every channel every night. Yeah, but and then the other thing too is uh, he didn't he wrote all those letters, but he also traveled a lot. Yeah, you know he went he went different places and said, "Let me tell you all about what's going on." So I, because I was thinking about your question before I got on, and I was trying to think of something pithy to say but here I'll throw this out at you I think it could be said the argument could be made that Paul was more of an influencer than Jesus was absolutely okay so you agree with that oh yeah oh yeah he took he took it and ran with it Jesus just talked to a few people in a small area right Paul took it to the world I think if it wasn't for all those New Testament books you'd have like the Gospels and and who knows if that would even have caught on. I don't know. 
Well, there are more of Paul's words in the Bible than there are of Jesus's. I know. And books he wrote. I can't remember how many books. They call them Pauline books or something. And But it was a bunch. It's like half the New Testament, right? Yeah. And so he, I mean, because of him, he, uh, yeah, yeah. Paul's words ought to like be in green or something. You know, Jesus's words are in red. <laughs> so I'd put Paul's word in, in green because they're, oh, yeah. they're probably more prominent, prominent than Jesus's word. Well, see, and I've even heard, like, some people make the point of why would you highlight Jesus' word because the whole Bible is God's word. You know, it's like, it's all God's word. But anyway, that, but yes, I like the green. I like the green. Yeah. The gray small Bible will do green. But, but well, I think if we ever have a Bible, it'll just have Jesus' words in it. Ooh. And not everybody else's, because this, this is what I thought. You know, we, we're trying to decide what to call ourselves. You, you're yeah. you're Some. waffling between agnostic and atheist. <laughs> I call myself a deist or a or a, something like that, believing in God, but not necessarily all this other stuff. Yeah. I'm going to call myself an FTC, a follower of the teachings of Christ. Okay. All right. Because we live our lives that way. We we live by the rules Jesus laid out. And we yeah. along that along with the uh the the Ten Commandments, that's how we live. I yes, I and you know what, in our nation even, right, in a lot of ways, yeah. is Christian nation based our laws are based on the values of Christ. Well our our laws are kind of a blend. I mean they they're they yeah. go back to the Greek and Roman common law and stuff, and the common law in England. Yeah. Many of the laws that we live by now originated, you know, a couple thousand years ago or, or right. 3,000 years ago. And they, they, they've they just made it the test of time, you know. They've passed the test of time. I like I like your, oh, yeah, I like your, so tell me that again. Tell me the acronym, T. FTC. Follower of the Teachings of Christ. FTC, Followers of the Teachings Or it could Christ. be FTJ, following, Followers of the Teachings of Jesus. I like Christ better. You do? I okay. don't know, but Jesus is good too. That's just my personal. But see, I'm on this I'm on this whole new thing, John Luke. I'm on this whole new thing now. Speak this thing to me. Okay, it's, it's self-actualization. Okay, it's, 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 I'm listening to a book now, and it's just about trying to get all of, like, the pretenses out of my head and out of my life and trying to discover exactly, know thyself. Who was it? Socrates or somebody said, know thyself. I, mean, I think that was Jim Bennett. Jim Bennett. He's the guy who committed suicide and did all the... I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, so, and in doing that, I'm I'm learning, I'm going to learn to find God through the teachings of Christ, even though Christ didn't have all the teachings. Christ didn't teach about everything. So there's got to be Correct. more teachings of Christ. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. When he says the word, the word, right? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. The word, the word, the logos. There's that's more logos. That's some stuff John said, isn't it? Yes. Because he, I think he kind of 
warbled the words of Jesus a little bit too. Yeah. Being the one that that Jesus loved and so forth. I think he was he was the one I thought was a stalker. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but I I think I think when he talks about like the word um he's talking about like truth, like like connecting with the God of the universe, his laws and his nature and whoever he is. And and Christ taught about some of it, some very pivotal teachings, but it's not all in his teachings. There's more out there to know. And so the word's out there, and it's our jobs as seekers to find it. And I'm gonna yes. find it. I'm on a I'm on a roll. But one of the things, one of the things this guy says is you've got to get a, get like find the things in my life. Like, okay, for instance, when I, I think I, I told our audience uh that there was a time when i yelled and screamed at god and i just said i just don't believe you anymore i just don't believe you anymore and i remember in my spirit just thinking god already knew that man you know i'm 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 the last to be clued in here right and that's part of that pretense that that i'm that i'm gonna kind of start concentrating on is like finding where where some of this stuff that isn't it's false. It's fake. I just do it because I want to be liked or something, and and I'm trying to find that. And I think after I can do a good job of that, I think I can start followers of the teachings of Christ. That's right. You and I. It's our job to help people figure yeah. out the rest of it. The things that Jesus didn't mention, right? We can help. We can relate the things he did teach us and extrapolate. What he might have said or done. Right. And as we seek and find more information, then we can kind of help maybe some people who say, hey, I'm I'm, kind of on that path too. I'm trying to find out some things. I'm trying to go outside the box. You know, just think there's got to be more out there. And, and And sometimes I tap into it and it's kind of exciting. Cool. Well, keep us up. Keep us up to date on that. Well, here's my last, my surprise. Oh, the surprise. Okay. Being in the shower. Okay, got it. There's so many. So peeing in the shower. When you were a kid, you weren't supposed to pee in the shower, right? If your mom ever caught you peeing in the shower, you're in trouble. Or or being in the boys' locker room and peeing in the shower. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You get killed. You get in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Scientifically, it doesn't matter if you pee in the shower. Urine is sterile. Yeah, it's going to go the same place as it would go in the toilet. Right. It's not. It's not going to hurt anybody if they like step in a little bit of pee in the shower because they can yeah. wash it off. Yeah. So it really doesn't matter at all if you pee in the shower. Uh, the point is, there's so many rules that have been added to Jesus's teaching. Okay. Like, like the the classic one they make fun of is Baptists not dancing. You know. Yeah. That's peeing in the shower. Yeah, okay, I got yeah, you. The, if you think about think about all the rules that you weren't supposed to do this, you weren't supposed to do that, you weren't supposed yeah. to have these thoughts and listen all this to rock and stuff. roll. Oh yeah, supposed, couldn't listen to rock and roll. Oh yeah. So here's a here's a peeing in the shower story. I went. I was in a little singing group, and I we were touring different churches, and so and would sing. So they'd always feed us dinner, and then we'd go sing. And so we were down in there little cafeteria and they had pictures on the wall and it was pictures of fire and um 
I kind of looked at them a little closer. Well, apparently what they had done was they'd had a revival and they had all their teenagers bring in their rock and roll albums. And one night they set them all on fire and, and burned them all on fire. And one of the guys who was with me said, you can see the demon's face right there. See it? And it kind of looked like a little nose and maybe an eye or something. And, and they were advocating to their congregation that you can see the demon coming out of that. He was being burned out of that rock and roll record. And, yeah, I just you know, that makes sense because you're probably not supposed to pee in the shower because a demon could swim up the stream and get that's in right. your body. Oh, that's exactly. probably the deal. I never hey, thought of it that way. What? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question, and I'm gonna, I totally embarrass myself, probably, but I've always wondered why do you have to wash your hands after you take a leak? I mean, I I'm this I'm with you on that. Like, it's it's urine. I mean. I, 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 and even, and I don't even usually get it on my hand, but, but it's like, man, you know, they have on the, on the bathroom doors. Did you wash your hands? Did you wash your hands? Like, like, my gosh, if I don't wash my hands, I'm going to start a plague or something. And you're a doctor, you're a physician. It's, it's okay. So if you don't wash your hands when you pee, it probably yeah. really doesn't matter that much. It's just kind of a, it's a don't be in the shower thing. Yeah, okay. I mean, unless unless you have a venereal disease and you touch yourself. Yeah. Then then that can be important. Okay. Um but it's mainly when you go number 2, I think. Oh, okay. Everyone agrees you must wash your hands. Oh, okay. Uh, Cuz that that can transmit disease. Okay. Like like worms, cholera. Okay. Okay. Various forms of Amoebic dysentery, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Disease can be transmitted that way. But I think it's probably pretty rare that disease is transmitted after just going tinkle. Yeah. So here's another thing, and I know we're, we were getting off the path a little bit, but to your... That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> I've heard, like, two of the dirtiest places on your body is your mouth and your hair. And I, I've even thought I've seen people pick their teeth and, and then go back to work and, or, or they do this, you know. And then they yeah. shake your hand. Yeah, it, yeah, people blow their noses too, and don't, because oh. you always get a little snot on your hand when you blow your nose. Oh, always. There's, there's there's bacteria and viruses in your nose, so you sh- you should wash your hands or use hand sanitizer after you blow your nose or stick your finger in your mouth. That's that's probably more important than then touch touching your your member thing while you remember before you yeah before you uh that that's probably nastier than touching your member your mouth okay. or your nose yeah yeah your right. hair i don't believe that's true oh you don't think it's your hair is all that dirty nope hey so i'll tell you a funny story true story that years ago i heard a pastor say that uh when he was they were teaching him how to preach and all that and stuff one of the things they taught them was if you had a handkerchief and and during your sermon, you were going to use it, always wipe your forehead first before you, like, wipe your nose. You know, because you might wipe your nose, you know, do like that, and then wipe your forehead, and it's like, that's kind of bad form. <laughs> that makes sense. I've never, yeah, yeah. I've never thought about that, but, but that's it does make what, sense. Because, you know, 
Man, you used to carry handkerchiefs all the time. Yeah. I mean, that was like what you did. And it says, just always wipe your forehead before you do your nose. And I thought, because like you should, say, maybe there was some value in that. And we Should just, that be a gray smart principle? And I think that's a great, that's <laughs> number eight. <laughs> maybe not. Well, I was going to say, we have updated the gray smart principles. Love Um, I still didn't actually get around to... Uh, creating the email address yet but i'm going to i'm okay, going to that's promise. fine hey but then i'll I, let you know when i've got it we have but a, they can always go to our website which is gracemont.com and you can listen to all the podcasts there and uh see the gracemont principles and so forth and yes. we have a, a very special guest who's coming on soon i think i think next week yeah oh wow Her, yay it was Martha Brame, and she has at MarthaBrame.com, M-A-R-T-H-A-B-R-E-H-M, and she tells lots of good stories about, kind of stories of redemption. I read her, I read two yeah. of her yeah. stories, and they're very inspirational. Yes. Very, and she's a, she's a good writer, and yeah, and I can't wait to get her on, and it be fun. Yeah, she's going to come explain to us why we're wrong about everything we've said. Okay. Good, good. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, I really, I, I really welcome that. I, well, I, me too. You know, so and maybe seekers. I am. Seekers, right? Maybe I'll seekers. figure out what I am, you know, if I talk to enough people, so. Well, I'm an FTC. Yay. I like <laughs> I that. Figured it out. <laughs> I like that. FTC, FTC. Okay, very good. All right. Well, I guess that's it. This is Grace Mod 21. We keep doing it, maybe. You know, I think we're up to like eight listeners now. I mean, we're totally, oh, really? we're knocking the top off the charts now. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think if we could get some feedback and like get some community kind of going and then they might tell their friends, hey, I was on this podcast the other or something. I don't, I don't know. I'd kind of like to talk with them. Yeah. Word but, of but mouth. You do, you do your, you do your, whatever you do. I'm, I'm going to get the, I'll get it done. I promise. Oh, we could just be Checks flooded with questions. Flooded. Maybe keep speaking engagements, even you think? Yeah, oh, yeah. clearly. Yeah, like, or they right. want us to endorse their candidacy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, you never know. All right. All right. Well, I will see you next week. And this is Apostle Dick. Oh, and Apostle John Luke. <laughs> All right. All right. Goodbye, everybody. I'm see stopping ya. the recording now.